I'm Denzel Mohammed, and welcome to JobMakers. Immigrants are job makers. It's the premise of this podcast. We get the stories of immigrants from everywhere, from Burundi to France, hear their journeys and recognize their impact. But does this bear out in the data? Do the numbers show that immigrant business owners from high tech to main streets really grow the economy for everyone? Well, Professor Benjamin F. Jones, former economic advisor in the US Treasury and the White House, and now Professor of Entrepreneurship and Strategy at the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. Not only do the data show that immigrants are far more likely to start a business in the US, they're innovating at a higher rate, and we are all benefiting from it. His research shows how gritty, determined immigrants are a boon for the US. Whether they're opening local restaurants or starting revolutionary multinationals, immigrants of all kinds capitalize on the entrepreneurial ecosystem and spirit in the US and have real impact. Not only is this the case today, but according to him, looking at the data, he shows how immigrants have been doing this for as long as they've been coming here, as you learn in this week's episode of JobMakers. Benjamin Jones, Gund Family Professor of Entrepreneurship and Professor of Strategy at the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. Thank you for joining us on the JobMakers podcast. How are you? Very well. My pleasure uh, to join today. So tell us, what is the real narrative when it comes to the U.S. economy, jobs, and immigration? Are immigrants, as the name of this podcast suggests, JobMakers? It turns out, yes, absolutely. The usual narrative is that immigrants come to your country, people come to your community, and they take jobs. And that is a very common view. And it, there's some, it's actually a quite reasonable view when you first think about it. Because of course, you know, you, people do come to your community and they do find work. So where do those jobs come from? But if you dig a little deeper, you realize that when immigrants come to your community, they may not just take jobs, they might also create jobs. They might be job makers. And one way they can do that is simply because when someone, you know, called an immigrant or no, but when new people come to your community, they also demand more services. They need places to live. They need food. And so there's going to be an increase in demand for construction workers and plumbers. And there's going to be an increase in demand for restaurant workers and grocery store clerks and medical professionals, all of these things. But much more directly, and perhaps much more importantly, immigrants also create jobs directly because they create companies and these companies create lots of new jobs so simplistically the, the you, you just said it you know people coming into a community you would think that they, the addition of a person means a job is taken away so simplistically the average joe might think that adding immigrants to a society and an economy means the labor pool worsens but the economy is complex i mean that's be real. Um, explain to us, as simply as you can, how immigrants affect job opportunities and wages for the U.S. born from your research. Right. So the traditional narrative is acting as if immigrants only do one thing. They, 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 they're only new workers. That's all they do. They come in and compete for existing jobs. And people often have this idea that there's a fixed number of jobs. Like where do jobs come from? There's just a fixed number of jobs. And if you add more people into that labor market, it's just going to make it harder on everyone as workers because they're all competing for these limited number of jobs. 
But when you think about it and you say the, you know, the economy is complex, it's, it's, it's complex in a very natural and good way, which is that there isn't a fixed number of jobs. Where do jobs come from? Well, they come from people starting companies and not just taking jobs, but opening vacancies, employing people. And they come, why do we have jobs anyway? Well, because people want stuff. They come from the fact that we need, we need things. I need to see a dentist. So we need dentists. I need a lawyer. I go to a restaurant, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when you scale up the population in a place, you don't just create unemployment. You know, you scale the population in a place, you just sort of more or less have it like it was before, but with more people. And one way to think about this is if you were in, you know, Canada, which has around one-tenth the population of the U.S., you might say they look south of the border and they say, well, oh my gosh, how do they employ all those people? Where, where, where you know, well, because the, the number of jobs will naturally scale with the population because we're all going to demand more services. And so we need more plumbers. And moreover, people are going to start companies. And in fact, when you start thinking about it, adding the population or not to a place, it's, it's really, it's going to just scale it up or down. What gets really interesting is when you think about job creation, who's creating the jobs, who are the entrepreneurs, and are these good jobs, and you know, where are good jobs coming from? Who are creating these jobs? We like to say on this podcast that the act of migrating is itself an entrepreneurial act. You leave everything you know behind, you take a risk, you hope for the, for the, for the, for the better, for the best, um, journeying into the unknown. And as a result, they tend to be inherently entrepreneurial. Is this the, this is what we're saying based on what we know on this podcast. Is that reflected in the data? It's absolutely reflected in the data in the sense that immigrants to the United States are absolutely exceptionally entrepreneurial. And, you know, one of the, to put it in simple terms, an immigrant to the United States is 80% more likely to start a business than a native born American. They're just very much more entrepreneurial on average than the average person born in the US. And as you're pointing out, a very natural explanation for this is because who are immigrants? Well, they're people who, wherever they were, decided to take the bold, risky, dramatic action that changed their lives, they think for the better, by crossing an ocean, walking across the desert, coming up through Panama over the Darien Gap, or however, whatever else they had to do. These are people who work hard, are looking for a better life, and they're bold. That's exactly the kind of traits you would think describe entrepreneurs, people who start new businesses. They try the bold thing, looking for a better way of doing things, a better life for themselves. And you know that's only one interpretation of why immigrants are more entrepreneurial, but it's a very natural one. We're selecting on entrepreneurially oriented people. And sure enough, when they get here, they're far more entrepreneurial than the average person who was born in the United States. You use some language there that that uh, the Im immigrant inclusion field tries to avoid this, you know, crossing a desert, the uh, crossing into Panama and into the forests. Um, but is that? Uh, it sounds threatening. It sounds bad. It sounds evil. Is is? Uh, but you, the language that's using to ascribe to these people is is much more. It's much different. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Well, I think what we're seeing are people who have enormous fortitude, that they're dreamers, they're gritty, they're tough. I mean, these are the kind of people who are going to drive your economy. If I were hiring somebody, I want someone who's committed, tough, willing to try new things. 
you know, these are the kind of these are the kind of activities. I mean, you know, so many so many Americans come from a history of immigration, right? And you know, the American identity is very much based in looking for liberty and looking for better opportunity and economic opportunity as well as political opportunity or political freedom. And you know, I think America, you know, and the narrative even within the U.S. of going west in American history is very much about you know going to the frontier in early American history and 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 celebrating this kind of entrepreneurial spirit and this independence and this ability to you know make your own fate uh and i mean these are people who i think are are the kinds of people who who are going to do great things and so it's perhaps not surprising that they start so many companies they're also not you know if you look at immigrants in america it's not just that they start all these companies and these many of these companies are incredibly successful companies uh but they also are very innovative. If you look at immigrant entrepreneurs, their companies are much more likely, for example, to have a patent. You know, innov- you know, immigrants are much more likely to be pushing the frontiers of technology and science in the United States. And those kind of benefits, you know, in addition to the job creation, they have this kind of search for novelty, this, this kind of boldness, this newness that, of course, opens new doors for so many, not just for themselves. I mean, the beauty of someone who is that risk taker, innovator, entrepreneur is that they're in the job market. They're creating jobs for other people, and they're bringing new ideas uh, into the into the environment, into the economy, and they're propelling the overall standard of living uh, in the economy in a really meaningful way. You know, one of the things I was getting at with that question is, you know, for the pe- people in the U.S. who say, "Well, you know, my ancestors did it this way," or whatever, the same qualities that you're describing to the people coming to the U.S. today, whether it's by land or sea, by visa or not, are the same kind of qualities that drove uh, the ancestors of many people who live in the U.S. to come to the U.S., whether it was from Sicily or from Ireland or from Germany, from Poland, you know, people who just had nothing to lose and had just this determination to come here. And so the qualities are just extremely similar. Um, just maybe the, pe- the countries of origin might be a little bit different. Um, and this sort of brings me to my next question, because we're talking about entrepreneurship as it is happening in the U.S. today, but this is not a new phenomenon. The qualities that brought immigrants here a century ago or two centuries ago, ago um, led them to found businesses way back then. So Coors Bear, Budweiser, uh, TJ Maxx, Nordstrom, Levi's Jeans, all the way up to PayPal and eBay today. So um, this has always been the case with the U.S. Is that correct? Well, I can tell you what we know in the data. Um, so first, historically, one way to look at that is is we can look at the Fortune 500 companies. Now, some of them, of course, are relatively new, like a Google, but many of them, of course, have older roots, like some of those you mentioned. Um, and if you look at who founded the Fortune 500 companies, you see that they are dis- in the U.S. They're disproportionately the founders are disproportionately uh, immigrant. Uh, so you do see that same pattern. Um, if you look using kind of representative surveys of businesses in the U.S. back to the 1970s you know, or so, you also see uh, that immigrants are overrepresented as founders. And then some of the facts that I've already been alluding to in our conversation are coming from a study of every single business in the United States where we have government data uh, tracking every establishment in the United States. Uh, That was over a decade from around 2007 to 2017. 
so we can say that it is you know true historically to the extent that we can measure it with things like the fortune 500 it's true kind of in the late 20th century and it's true today uh so it does seem to be a very general pattern and i think you know if you, you speculate exactly why i think again goes to the point that you know what one natural explanation is that we're just selecting on people coming into this country who are who are looking for a new and better way of doing things in their own lives uh that's why they came and so not surprisingly they have these entrepreneurial traits so we're talking about fortune 500 companies and i mentioned uh, several of them um but immigrants found all sorts of businesses across the spectrum and you sort of mentioned that earlier you know they need services they go to restaurants but they also found some of these services, nail salons, uh, grocery stores, um, transportation companies, hospitality, they open hotels. Can you just sort of describe the, the spectrum of businesses that, that you found that immigrants uh, start? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a great question. It's actually a really important question because when I talk about the job creation effects of immigrants as entrepreneurs, and I say that you know immigrants are 80% more likely to start businesses, than native-born Americans, they still might not start that many jobs if like most immigrant businesses were very small, right? They didn't really have that many employees. So it actually really depends on on what the distribution of businesses are to understand you know, the overall employment effects of, of immigrants in creating jobs in the US economy. And so if you look at it based on size, you could, you know, yeah, absolutely there's lots of immigrants who start restaurants and small single establishment uh, companies and retail or whatever else. Um, but as you look at any employment size, so whether it's, you know, one employee, 10 employees, a hundred, a thousand, tens of thousands employees of employees, you see that immigrants are overrepresented in every single size bucket. So basically they're more entrepreneurial in general, and they produce kind of more firms of all sizes. Um, and so that's why in the end, you know, it's because they, 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 they're just kind of a systematic upward shift in an entrepreneurial propensity. And you get the you know the Googles or the or you get you know Tesla uh, kind of in top end employers, and then you get lots and lots of small businesses and medium sized businesses. You know you get a kind of a little bit of everything, and um, that ultimately adds up into an enormous number of jobs that they create through these businesses. And that's how actually at the end, remarkably, the number of jobs created in businesses founded by immigrants that number of jobs is greater than the number of immigrants in the US economy. So in a sense that's on net, I mean, they do take jobs and they also create jobs, but on net, immigrants create more jobs than they take. On net, in short, immigrants create jobs. You mentioned earlier that uh, immigrant companies are more likely to have patents. And so uh, I want to take it to something that you said a few years ago. At the start of the pandemic, you argued that like in the early 1940s, when innovators were marshaled to create inventions rating from the atomic bomb to penicillin, um, that, quote, the country again needs this sort of bold innovation policy in order to fight the coronavirus, end quote. Needless to say, two companies who have immigrant founders, Pfizer and Moderna, were in the forefront of creating our first vaccines. So in your view, based on your research, what role do immigrants play in innovation generally, but especially in times of crises? Well, in my research, but also a number of other people's research, it's well known that immigrants are more likely to be in STEM jobs and careers, right? So if you looked at PhDs or undergraduate degrees or master's degrees in the U.S., you know, you see a lot of immigrants who are 
migrating and, and uh, towards, um, uh, you know, engineering and, and computer science and biomedicine and these things. And just, and just so, to be clear, immigrants are actually sustaining, international students are actually sustaining many STEM programs across the U.S., you know? That's right. I mean, and and it's an interesting question as to why, you know, of course, there are many people born in the U.S. who also go into those careers and do incredibly great work, just like there are many people born in the U.S. who start great companies. But it is interesting that for whatever reason, there's a proportion of the respective population size. You know, U.S. born people are less likely to gravitate to those more technical scientific subjects and that immigrants are more likely to do that. But for whatever reason that's true, we end up with a large part of our technical, innovative, scientific workforce being not in the United States, not being born in the United States, but yet, of course, contributing to this growth engine and to an economist, you know, what actually drives, you know, improved health, you know, generally, obviously the COVID vaccine in your example, but just generally any kind of improved health technologies or uh, medical devices, pharmaceuticals, vaccines, or just innovation more broadly, inventions, patents throughout the economy, you actually are just going to see that immigrants are, are overrepresented once again in, in, uh, in producing these advances uh, in science and technology. And so they really are essential to, to economic growth in the U.S. They're essential to keeping the U.S. as a leading economy and a leading economy in the world. And of course, you can spell this in many other ways. I mean, obviously, national security, for example, you know, it's important to be ahead. It's important not just to be, you have to be ahead of your competitors in technology. And, and of course, if immigrants are driving our scientific technological advances in the U.S., they're an actually an essential part of keeping the U.S. ahead. And as we entering a world that is increasingly fraught with conflict in very sad and troubling ways, you know, I think the idea that you know, you're you're being ahead in security and defense technology is is a whole other reason that you know this is this this is important. Um, so you know, when you start thinking about the you know the productivity slowdown that's been going on in the U.S., you know, we've had a, we've had a challenge in this century with sort of you know not growing as fast as we'd like in terms of output per worker, output per hour, and that means you know not the same kind of wage growth and, and productivity growth in our workforce in general. Uh, you know, this is a time to be pushing uh, in general on on science and innovation and doing the kinds of thing in entrepreneurship, the things that really drive our increasing productivity. And, and, and so that's all the more reason that, you know, an immigration policy that recognizes how critical immigrants are as an input to that growth engine, uh, you know, that we, that we, that we seek those policies that, that, that embrace uh, immigration and its power in that direction. What is your message when it comes to dealing with immigration policy in the U S like, how do you talk to people and, frame a narrative that is not only accurate and based on evidence, but can probably shift the needle a little bit. Well, to crystallize it, I think that the debate in immigration policy in the U.S. is often set up as being between sort of our humanitarian ideals, kind of recognizing the desire for liberty and new opportunity in immigrants that Americans sort of want themselves. And so sort of kind of a it's a humanitarian thing to let immigrants into the country in the same way foreign aid might be humanitarian. And then it's sort of pitted against in the conversation, these economic or perceived economic burdens that letting in immigrants into the economy is going to create economic costs. So it's kind of our humanitarian ideals versus these perceived economic costs. And the message I think that really comes when you stare at the data and the research is that these economic costs, that, that that's a mirage. Immigrants fundamentally, you know, are really, really good for the economy. And they're not just really good in some average sense, they're really good for job creation because of course, the main economic fear you hear is, oh, immigrants are gonna take our jobs. But when you realize that actually immigrants are net job creators in your community, 
in your country, then this whole debate between sort of our humanitarian instincts and the economic burdens is misplaced. It's actually backwards. And so, you know, I think people need, I really hope that people will begin to recognize that immigration is a really powerful uh, input to uh, our economic success, that they make us richer, not poorer, and that they can help solve a lot of challenges and keep, you know, maintain the United States role as a, as a leading economy in the world uh, with a strong national defense. Uh, and, you know, these, these benefits are, are extraordinarily important. And when we, we restrain immigration uh, and uh, we are, we're actually hurting our, our economic interests, uh, not uh, helping them. So I think I would like to see the immigration policy debate move towards something that's more consistent with the evidence. Um, yes, you have to have the policy should be how do you onboard immigrants? You know, what rate can you absorb immigrants? How do you onboard them to give them the best chance of success? You know, policies where you can come here as a refugee, but you're not allowed to work. That's not helping the economy. Uh, we should be, you know, you know, we, we need to follow law. I, I appreciate the aspects of the immigration policy debate that we should pass laws and we should, you know, maintain the rule of law. But we should pass policies and laws that are recognizing the amazing benefits of immigration and make the most of it, as opposed to arguing kind of on the false premise that immigrants are bad for the economy. Gunn Family Professor of Entrepreneurship and Professor of Strategy at the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University, Benjamin Jones. Thank you so much for making the time to talk with us on the Jobmakers Podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for this great dialogue. Jobmakers is a weekly podcast about immigrant entrepreneurship and contribution produced by Pioneer Institute, a think tank in Boston, and the Immigrant Learning Center in Malden, Massachusetts, a not-for-profit that gives immigrants a voice. Thank you for joining us for this week's discussion into how immigrants to the U.S. actually do create businesses, generate jobs, and innovate at higher-than-average rates. If you know an outstanding immigrant entrepreneur we should talk to, email Denzil, that's D-E-N-Z-I-L, at jobmakerspodcast.org. I'm Denzel Mohammed. See you next time for another episode of Jobmakers.